The skills and credentials you need for the career you want are within reach at University of Maryland Global Campus. In accredited state university, UMGC offers online courses, personalized advising, lifetime career services, and more. Visit umgc.edu slash podcast. It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car, like cooking, but without the frozen dinner easy way out. eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as Oma's Rouladen. To cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Hey everyone, this is the Almost Road Podcast. Bringing to you mind-blowing interviews with guests from all over the world. So settle down, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh yeah, by the way, if you like the podcast... Please support Elmo's World Podcast on Patreon. Your support is what helps the podcast improve more and more. Welcome to Elmo's World Podcast. This is Elmo, and I'm happy to have my awesome friend here, Stuart Brogdon. Uh, hey, man, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, I am a. Uh, I've been married for nearly 43 years to the woman God gave me, and uh, you know, I was a false convert at eight years old. And uh, my wife was praying for me. Uh, she conspired with people we were assembled with uh, years ago. And, you know, God saved me when I was 38 years old. And I've been a deacon in a couple of places and uh, elder trained in 1689. And uh, that caused me to study it quite a bit, find out, uh, you know, some of the stuff in there doesn't match up with what I see in the scriptures. And I was trained as an elder there and served as a preacher in a small plant down in Houston and up in Oklahoma, where we lived for several years. Now we're down near San Antonio because uh, our, our children are here and we got five grandkids down here with us. And I'm serving in a lo- local uh, Abdus assembly here with a wonderful grace preacher. I see. Interesting. Okay. Uh, can you, uh, I would love to hear more about the specific, you know, details of, you know, what, what kind of um, family you, 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 you raised in terms of what they taught you? Uh, were you, is it, Baptist as well, and you know, as a teenager, maybe what uh, journeys did you take spiritually or philosophically? And you know, and you when at one at one that point when you were thirty eight, right? Uh, you you converted and you uh, you were saved. Uh, so right. can you tell me more about that as well? Yeah, because uh, you know, when I was a little kid, um, my dad was an army officer, and his he was raised up in a Nazarene church. And so growing up, we'd either go to a Nazarene church or to a military chapel, and there's not much doctrine in either one of those places. And I got married to a Baptist, and she was raised Presbyterian up till 12. And then uh, her parents, by the providence of God, and we got married when we were in college. And then uh, I got kicked around. Um, in the army myself, uh, she and I both went into the army after college, uh, through ROTC. And when I got out, moved up to North central Texas, joined a little Baptist church up there and went to a conference where I heard the gospel and it was like the sky opened up and God just yanked me up out of hell with that good gospel message about, you know, there's a guy, a white guy was there preaching against racism and a big black preacher got up and said, we don't have a skin problem. We've got a sin problem. And a uh, gospel preacher dude right there. And he, I just, you know, the spirit gave me life right there. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so in this case, right, uh, before you were, uh, you know, by, let's say, 37, you were at that point in your life, you know, you were very established, right? You, you already uh, sort of grown into uh, what uh, your personal belief system there but at that point at that church you know when the preacher spoke the gospel to you and you heard it uh, what what was it about it that changed your mind that was sort of a special experience that really brought this huge change in your life yeah because when we you know the my family and the people in that little church we belong to 
they noticed something different about me. And a friend of mine was in the booth upstairs running the uh, audio control stuff. And one day he came down and said, look, I don't know what happened to you, but I want to know what it is. And when Christ is preached, he will save his people. So, so, you know, uh, you, okay. Um, can you give me a moment, man? I apologize. Okay. I really apologize for that. Yeah. So back to the question. Um, so as a believer, um, you know, you, there, there was sort of a theological problem there then that, that, that made a huge difference, right? Because, you know, you, you were already going to church before, you know, before that conversion at age 38. But what was the, the difference with that at that point when you were 38 in that church? Like, what the, was it more of just, you know, like before that, point in your life you were just uh, going with the flow just going to church like a normal you know uh some person that was just yeah. raised into it Can yeah, you tell we me? Were yeah. different churches you know where we lived uh you know a church in colleen texas in the central texas and then got out of the army moved up to north texas and my wife found a nice little church for us to belong to i wanted a big church so i get lost because i you know lost in, in the crowd I was lost theologically, and uh, I didn't have any patience for sticking around and talking to people. And, uh, you know, after I was converted, after I was saved, my wife had a hard time getting me out. So, you know, because the kids were hungry and we had to go to lunch. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, I, I didn't have patience for those uh, uh hip-hop songs, you know, the, the uh, what do they call it? I forget, but there's a popular name for that. Lightweight uh, Christian songs that they were using in church at the time. So, you know, I, I like singing out of the hymnal, and now I like singing psalms as well as hymns. But, uh, you know, it's not like shallow teaching in any form. And when I first got saved, you know, I was grabbing men, you know, what's wrong with you? You know, my wife told me wisely, not everybody is excited as you or, you know, passionate as you and not in the same place as you. So you got to have patience with people. And so she's been very good to me. All right. So can you give me your, you know, uh, I understand that for many Christians, salvation uh, is is uh, this spiritual experience, right? Where they accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and uh, you know they, they repent and everything. But uh, of course, there are theological differences there. So can you tell be be more? I guess uh, be more specific as uh, how you would define true salvation uh, in comparison to all the other salvations that other denominations offer. But from your perspective, it isn't really the doesn't really get the essence of what it means to be saved? I see there's a big difference between receiving Christ and accepting Christ. Because when you say you accept him, that conveys the idea that you can reject. And uh, I think the scriptures are clear. Uh, when he called Lazarus, you know, there was no way Lazarus was not going to come out of that grave. And that's put in there so we would know, just like when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in John 3, you must be born again from above in order to see the kingdom. And we had no role to play in our first birth, and we have no role to play in our second birth. And when I first heard the doctrines of grace explained to me, it was like somebody turned over the a box top of a puzzle that I'd been working on for 15 years and showed me what the picture looked like. Oh, that makes a whole lot of sense now. See, the sovereignty of God through redemptive history is the Bible release it. Uh, okay, well, Raul, that's a huge uh, theological topic that I, well, I would lo love to discuss maybe at the later part of the show. But okay, sure. Right. But um, I guess initially, you know, if you were to have this conversation, uh, let's say that um, if, if I if I was an atheist, right, um, you would have to start with convincing me that uh, in, in terms of does your God actually exist or not? So let me ask you this, like, why do you believe that God does exist? Well, 
see, there's no such thing as an atheist. There are people who think they're atheists, but they're not, because Romans 1 says everybody knows that there is God, because the whole creation testifies that there is God. And so whether they believe they're an atheist or not, really not the point, <clears throat> because what they need is to hear that there's a problem that man caused and it's rebellion against God. He calls that sin. And the only way to get peace with God is to believe that the son of God, who is Christ, he's a the son of God. He's, he's God himself in the flesh, took on flesh so he could be a man and understand our temptations, not sin and submit himself to the wrath of God to pay the debt that we owe. And if you believe on him, he will raise you up on the last day and he will give you his spirit to seal you and keep you until that last day. And there will be a change just as sure as a tree sprouts from a nut, there will be growth as you grow in Christ. Because the Bible says we are to grow in the knowledge, the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So anybody who says they're a Christian and they live like the world, I do not believe their testimony. Yeah. So uh, you would say, right, you just said to me that there are no such things as atheists. Uh, can you tell me, okay, so how would you define atheism? Like, what is an atheist? Uh, well, the, the people that say they're atheists pretend that there's no God. Being agnostic yeah. just doesn't believe there's a God. But a person who says he's an atheist is saying there's no such thing as God. And what does Proverbs say? Man who says there is no God is a fool. So people who say they're atheists, God calls them fools. Yeah, but 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 from an atheist's perspective, right? Um, you know, and you know, for the agreeable definition of what an atheist is, it's just simply, you know, that someone that doesn't believe there is a God, right? An, an agnostic would be someone who just doesn't know if there is a God, right. right? Would you agree with those terms? Yeah. So in this case, right, if someone li literally just doesn't believe that there is a God, right, then they are, in fact, atheists. So, in, if, so there are so many people out there in the world who, who genuinely don't believe that there is a God. So in this case, would you agree with me that there are, in fact, genuine atheists out there in the world? Because they are deceiving themselves. And Romans 1 shows us they suppress their knowledge by their unrighteousness. Romans 1 is clear that, you know, uh, let me look at it right quick and uh, I'll show you. Uh, Romans 1. I can't see me putting on my glasses to read. So get it's down okay. to um, Romans 118. You know, Paul just said he's not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation everyone who believes. And he says that uh, God's wrath is revealed from heaven. Since what can be known about God is evident among them, those who suppress the, their, the truth by their unrighteousness, because God has shown it to him for his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. They know God, they knew of him. They did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. And so their thinking became darkened or nonsense and their senseless minds were darkened. And claiming to be wise, they became fools and exclaimed, exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and reptiles. So people who say that they're atheists, they are suppressing their knowledge of the truth by their unrighteousness because they cannot bring themselves, just like the Jews of the first century who said, we will not have that man rule over us. They cannot submit themselves to God. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, all right. So I, I I do agree, right? That um that is what the Bible says. Yeah. But you know, it, but it, let's say you know God created us to be thinking, 
you know, to have mind as well to assess. And, you know, if you do look at creation, right, you, you would arrive at this teleological argument for God, you know, or intelligent design. You're just seeing general er, and having general revelation that God does exist. You know, you could arrive at that conclusion. But um, so what would be the, the what what normal thought process should a normal human being have you know if they are just if they are in, in fact without excuse right so what normal thought process should they have in order to say that hey you know um when you when you start to think about things uh at some point, eventually, you're, you will conclude that there is, in fact, a God and you have no excuse. Uh, can, you can you tell me what the specific process is, uh, thought process, or is it more like, uh, you know, you, are, you should have faith that there is a God, even if there is no clear evidence? Like, what, what, uh, what side, which side of the are you on there? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I do not believe that we should argue with atheists, people who say they're atheists. I think we should tell them that Christ came to save sinners, and everybody's a sinner. And those who believe on him, they will be saved, reconciled to God, and have eternal life. And only God can change the heart, get in fact, replace the heart, one of stone with one of flesh, it says in Ezekiel and Jeremiah. And so and Paul wrote in Corinthians that the natural man cannot believe spiritual truths. And the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, where, you know, I said to send, send somebody to warn my brothers, no, well, send, send uh, you know, somebody back from the dead. Now, if they wouldn't believe Moses, they won't believe somebody back from the dead. Evidence is not going to convince anybody. Um, so the only thing we have is to give them the power of God unto salvation for those who are being saved, and that is the gospel. Christ is God who came as a man, and he gave his life that others might live and have peace with God, and those that believe on him will have that life. So believe on him, repent of your sins, agree with God that you are a wretch and that you need Christ, and cry for mercy to believe on him that's all we can do with those people of course right but uh, okay Let, let's say though that um you you do mention mention a really good point there that you know it's uh, it's sometimes it is pointless to have these uh, debates or discussions with people who don't agree with you because eventually it uh, it will you know just uh, fall out but uh, let's say uh, okay so uh, let's say you you are talking to an atheist right he and you present to him hey you know uh, Christ. Uh, you know, he, he's the son of God and, God and God in the flesh. He came as a fully man, fully God, died for you and was resurrected three days. And uh, and you you can receive his salvation here, you know, if you do believe and accept him, right? But so, 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 uh, but an atheist would say, okay, yeah, all right, you have a good point there. But there is also this other person here who's saying that there is this, uh, Allah, right? Who is you know going to? Uh, if I repent of my sins and I pray five times a day, follow the six articles of Islamic faith and everything, like he, they do make a good point. You know, if I believe in Allah, right, then I would be you know saved and from judgment. So, like, what makes your belief different from the let's say the the Islamic belief? Right? Why, why should they believe in your faith rather than other faiths? Like there are hundreds of different faiths out there. Can you tell me why? Again, um, <clears throat> the gospel is foolishness to those who don't believe. And Muslims, like every other false religion, they've got elements of works that they rely on to save them. And that's an evidence right there. They're going to be damned because all who depend on works are cursed. And so, you know, Muslims, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Roman Catholics, they need the gospel. And they say, well, I've got my religion. Well, your religion is not peace with God. 
your religion is based on you doing good things and so that you might maybe almost have peace with God, but that's not the God of the Bible that you've got in your religion. Yeah, so you make a good point, right? They they don't have the God of the Bible that you have. But um, so why do you think, or do you, why should the atheists believe in your version of the God of the Bible and not on other denominations? Like, what makes like perfect? Just having a great, truly, absolutely graceful God, come, you know, better than a God who give, who uh, gives, let's say, like a Muslim God, you know, who, who gives people uh, the opportunity to change and choose God for themselves. Can you tell me what makes your version better than theirs or maybe the right one than the others wrong? Well, see, here again, uh, that presupposes an argument that can be understood by somebody who is dead in their sins and trespasses. And <clears throat> the natural man loves works righteousness because he thinks he's better than somebody else. And natural man always keeps score by looking at other men. And the problem with that is that's the wrong standard. And so I would not try to convince a Muslim that, that uh, Christian faith is better than the Muslim religion. I would simply tell him that you will never have peace with God if you rely on your own effort to be good. And you will never, never have peace with God if you think Allah is God, because Allah is from the devil. And that's just a bald-faced truth. And I don't know if I would say that to a Muslim, because that's liable to get them agitated. And, uh, but that's a fact. Okay, so you made two points there, right? Uh, one is that Allah is from the devil. So I'm going to ask you, uh, why do you believe that is? And maybe, you know, maybe give more detailed uh, evidence to it. And the second is that um, uh, a Muslim would never have the uh, your kind of peace with God, right? The one that the kind of peace that you, you would get from from the God that you believe in. So can you uh, sort of dive into those two answers? Yeah, two points more. Yeah, because Allah is is not a uh, creator God. He's a he's a lesser God of the demonic realm. Um, you know, he's an invention of a tortured man in the 700s. And <clears throat> the fact is, just like the Mormons with their ever-changing doctrines, the Muslims have ever-changing and diverse doctrines. And while Christians believe a lot of different things, the core of what Christianity is, how, how do I have peace with God? There's only one bona fide answer is you have peace with God by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. And if you don't have the biblical Jesus, if you don't have the biblical God, the Father, and if you don't have the Holy Spirit, the triune God of the Bible, then you, you can be saved without understanding all that, but you can't be saved without having that. Mm, I see. So uh, your point was that um, the... Allah is the lesser, uh, uh, de demon, uh, uh, God from the demonic realm because he was, uh, thought up by this man from the seven, you know, right? Yeah, and... it's another, because see, um, the, you know, a third of the angels were cast out in the rebellion and the, the demon horde has got a lot of people deceived. And God has blinded the eyes of people until such time as the Spirit uses the gospel to bring life to them. They can't believe until such time, if sometime God opens their eyes, like he did mine when I was 38. My wife and friends have been praying for me for seven years. And when I was 38, God opened my eyes to see the truth. And over time, I began to understand more and more of what he has revealed to us in the scriptures and that central truth about how we have peace with God through faith in Christ is the only way that we can tell people that they can have peace with God. And there is only one God, and his name is not Allah. He's not the Jehovah of the Witnesses. He's not the phony baloney God of the moon that the Mormons have. He is the God of the Bible. 
at God the Book of Mormon. And of course, yeah, that that, that would be the case, right? Uh, so, uh, but the question, right, is that um, why should you know if you were before the question was posed to the hypothetical atheist, right? So why? Why should the atheist believe in your version of the God? And you, you, you just, you know, what you did, you just, you assert that this is just the truth, right? This is the, the this version is the best one by our standards. This one, this what this type of salvation is the the right one because that is what we believe to be right. But you know that wouldn't really convince. Uh, an atheist because anyone can assert their standard to be the right one you know yours is yeah right you're any and everybody but everybody's saying that they're right so in a way like what makes you really right see because you're just explaining why you can't argue somebody into the kingdom because everybody believes they're right and so it takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car like cooking but without the frozen dinner easy way out eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as Oma's Rouladen, to cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with carrier. Products sold separately. Unless God opens their eyes, they cannot believe on Jesus. And we cannot. And so I, I studied debate in high school. I like to argue with people. It can be fun for me. But it's useless as far as witnessing to people. We have to tell them what the problem is and who the remedy is. How can they have peace with God? Every man wants to know that. And there's a thousand different lies, but there's only one truth. How are, they, how are we going to convince them? Just like Paul in front of uh, Festus, right? Oh, you would convince me to be a Christian? Hey, I, except for my chains, I'd like you to be just like I am. If I could, I would persuade you. He said, that he would ask that he could be condemned in order to save his kinsmen of the flesh, the Jews who didn't believe. But he knows, he knew, that he couldn't make that trade because a sinful man can't give his life for sinful men. He's the perfect man. Who is that? That is the God-man who came and did everything according to the Father's will and earned the right, being without sin, to give himself up and to drink the cup of wrath to us. And so those who believe, the wrath of God has been satisfied. If you do not believe on Christ, there comes a day where there will not be the opportunity. So as men we plead, God calls, and he calls those that he has chosen. Yeah, and okay, so in in this case, you know, uh, you can't just can't convince anyone to believe in god you know in terms of a like a rational discussion because they will always believe themselves to be right yeah or at least not be able to convince them of otherwise that or to to actually even consider it right and but uh from your from that's what you just said and uh, so it, it has to be god changing their hearts you know reaching out to them and them have receiving christ salvation yeah that's right mm -hmm. so so in this case uh you know i, I you uh but when you were 38 right at that point um when the preacher was just you know speaking the gospel and uh so you know he, be, he was being used by the holy spirit to you know for you to receive christ salvation uh what uh, what was uh, you know what part of the you know him speaking out the truth that uh changed you was it um 
that just the message of the gospel itself or you know what like what really what convinced you that it was the right thing or maybe you weren't convinced you just believed it and had faith on it can you tell me more about what happened there well see there's no recipe that we have to follow say these magic words and god will save the people that are listening no there's no magic words to get say they get said but God orchestrates our lives if we are chosen by him to come to a point where we're going to hear that the gospel message that Christ came to save sinners and we must believe on him to have peace with God. And at that due time, you know, we will come to life. And that's all I can tell you. And I, I don't even, the guy that preached the sermon I now consider hateful and other terrible things. It says we do not follow men, we follow Christ. And Paul said, "Follow me as I follow Him." And uh, the, I, I, I guess that you make a really good point there. So, uh, okay. So, in terms of theology, though, uh, uh, you still there, man? Oh, yeah. It's all right. So, in terms of theology. Right, uh, you mentioned earlier as well that you know the the Muslims, you know their their faith, their their beliefs sort of change in every every uh, and also the Mormons also that's ever changing as you said. But for Christians, right, uh, the the essence, uh, the core of our beliefs, you know, of how to be saved is is, is the same. It's not it never changes uh, from from what you said. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, what I like to do is sum it up, you know, what salvation is by faith alone, or it's by grace alone, through faith. See, faith is not what saves. Grace is what saves, and it's through faith. That's what Paul wrote in Ephesians. So, saved by grace, through faith in Christ. And faith without works is dead as well. So, but of course, it's not, it's the, the works is the fruit of your salvation. It's not the cause of your salvation. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the Spirit causes fruit in His people as He matures them. Exactly. And uh, so, in terms of this, you know, um, I would say, you know, that Christianity uh, also is is not as evergreen as you would suppose because there there's there's constant debates and theological discussions you know of course they're like the nicene creed you know it's it's everybody um, like most christians believe it other than some cults right but um the, the, you know like the 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 long year long years of debate between an argumentation between let's say calvinists and armenians you know uh, in and the the denominations like uh um Presbyterians, Baptists, uh, Evangelicals, uh, and a, a lot of other denominations in Christianity, they have theological, uh, you know, differences. So ha- what do you, uh, is this essential, I guess, to be a Christian, to have everything right? Or as long as you have the essence, the core, you know, that Nicene creed of uh, knowing who Christ is and how salvation works and knowing maybe who God is in the Trinity. Uh, Can you tell me what do you need to believe or know in order to actually guarantee that you are, in fact, receiving the true uh, salvation of Christ? person who is saved can know that he is saved, but we can't know that another person is saved, although we can have pretty good assurance based on what we see and hear from them. But as far as associations go, you know, um, anybody who can agree that salvation is by grace alone through faith in Christ alone, I consider them a brother or sister in Christ. Um, Presbyterians, I think, are seriously wrong in their theology of covenants and ecclesiology, uh, the way they see the structure of the local assembly of saints and their hierarchy above it. And, uh, but, uh, you know, Methodists, you know, the baby sprinklers in all forms and shapes and sizes, they, they carry on stuff that Rome learned and taught. And that's just the sad truth. 
because the Bible doesn't have anybody being baptized except those who professed belief in Christ. And so believers' baptism in water is the biblical mold for water baptism, but that's not what saves. That's a testimony. So as far as people who I consider brothers, if they agree that salvation is of the Lord and it is by faith in Christ, yeah, I, I can call him a brother, um, but I, I can't have close fellowship. It's a different level. I have close, uh, most Baptists are very shallow and very Arminian or dispensational. And I can't have close fellowship with people that hold to those beliefs, although some of them may be brothers. I'd have to know them individually to know that. So when I choose a fellowship, like when we moved to Texas, uh, visited this place we belong to, Grace Community Baptist, had some meetings with the preacher to understand where he was theologically. And uh, it is one of the best assemblies, local assemblies of saints I've ever been associated with. And we have differences, but uh, they are minor. And we don't dwell on the differences. We dwell on how can we see and serve Christ better. So, yeah, and okay, so... That how can we serve Christ better in that that in that your philosophy your fellowship with other Christians you know it's it's contingent on this right but uh, let's say though that um, you know uh, that person does is a Christian right he believes that salvation is by faith alone and everything but let's say he sort of has a difference in beliefs and how the trinity works uh that you know like it's a minor difference let's say that um instead of believing that christ has like a his, you know christ whom you met uh, christ being a man the man uh fully man he has uh, a spirit soul and body you know and body but he he just believes that christ and you know has just one spirit one divine spirit so it's a it's a minor difference in how you understand the trinity so would you say that this would this uh, slight difference you know in doctrine uh, would defer your fellowship with him well i would i would sit down with that person and try to understand their perspective because to me that's that's a lot uh, more nuanced and and uh less significant than, say, T.D. Jakes or some one of this type of dude, right? Uh, and I, I, that, that's flat-out heresy, what that guy believes. Mm-hmm. So uh, you would sit down with that person and have a discussion, right? But eventually, uh, if you do dis- just disagree with him on that nuanced thing, like... You, it would you would be totally fine with it and just have fellowship with him because in in at the start he does believe what the same thing as you in terms of the particulars part right and that salvation is just by faith alone that's what's important to you yeah and see if they if they had the old uh, uh, the old heretical belief that uh, you know, Jesus is he only has one nature right that, that he's either god or man but he, he's not both or it's just a little bit man or a little bit god that's a problem uh, but to parse it down to say well he only had one spirit i, I hadn't thought about that myself uh, so I, I knew that he as a man he, he grew and learned as a man and there were things he didn't know while he was on earth that I'm sure he knows now, such as when is he coming back. So I'm, I'm willing to have conversations with people about things like that. And I believe that you find it really important to, to have the right doctrines in terms of believing how salvation works, right? And how salvation is received. But how about like how someone views the Trinity? 
or incarnation, right? Or creation. Um, I mean, uh, see, if somebody, it, incarnation can be a sticky wicket, uh, you know, uh, it, it, they don't have to understand everything the Bible says about it, in my mind, to be a Christian. Mm. But it gets problematic if they start believing all kinds of kooky things. And so you have to be guarded and careful about, mm. you know, so what, what would the what would the safeguard lines be like uh, in terms of as long as you you believe this and your your belief is not deviating to this in ter- uh, on topic of incarnation and Trinity, right? What would those guidelines be in in that what? Well, mm-hmm. because because the incarnation can be important because the nature of Jesus has to be, you know, it doesn't have to be comprehended by somebody in order for them, before they can be a Christian. But a Christian should be careful, and that's why the creeds were written in the early decades and centuries, was to uh, ward off heresies. And the nature of Christ was one of the major heresies they dealt with you know, between 200 and 400, 500 AD. And so I think it's important that we help people think through the incarnation and the Trinity rather than just leave them in error if they have to be in error. So that's why I say I'm willing to talk to people, but if they say that Jesus really didn't come as a man, you know, but, well, that that's the incarnation doctrine. Now Jesus came and he was conceived of the Holy Ghost in a woman who was a virgin and he got born as a human being mm-hmm. in this world, you know, so it, that's what the Bible teaches. So let's go look at that and see why you don't believe it so how about this right in terms of the trinity do you believe that god uh, jesus as a man he had uh, uh um you know a human spirit human soul and human body but at the same time you know, as being fully god he also had like a like he fully a divine spirit divine soul divine body um can you what, what how would you understand that well, God, God is spirit, and before his incarnation, Jesus assumed physical form several times, but he didn't have a body. So God as deity doesn't have physical form when he was incarnated. He assumed man's form, took on himself the flesh of the creature that he had created. And when he was raised from the dead, he kept a body. It was a glorified body, yet something similar, but something different. So he now has a body for eternity. Christ is in a body. And the promise is that we will be in a body like his when we inhabit the new earth with him forever. So I think that it's helpful for Christians to properly understand the incarnation and the Trinity. But I don't believe that people get born again understanding the deeper things. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I didn't understand Calvinism, so-called. But when I came to understand the doctrines of grace, they called Calvinism. I said, "Wow, I see that written all over the Bible." But mm-hmm. you don't have to believe Calvinism in order to be a Christian. You have to believe on Christ to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. So in, in what you what you're saying is that um, you don't be, have to believe the deeper doctrines in terms of all these things like Trinity or incarnation, but in terms of salvation, just just as long as you believe that that uh, the who Christ is, right, and that that the salvation is received by Christ alone by faith and His grace, and that's it. And you, you are, in fact, saved. And see, a, a person who is in Christ will want to know. So I, I, I had a job years ago, and my boss was a very good manager, and she was also a self-described cradle Catholic. And I witnessed to her, and I prayed for her. She got breast cancer, and she had a neighbor who was a Christian who witnessed to her and prayed for her, and, and I spoke to her about Christ. And she went through chemotherapy and laid in her bed and she started reading the Bible. 
And she got well, and she came into the office, and she called me into a conference room. She said, Peter, her face was lit up. She said, I got to tell you, I'm a baby Christian. And I looked at her, I said, what are you talking about? She said, you wouldn't believe all the things you were telling me and all the things this neighbor lady was telling me. I started reading the Bible and asking God to open my eyes, and you would not believe to me all the things Roman Catholics never taught me about my Lord Jesus. I need to know, how do I need to study the Bible? What Bible should I get? How can I know him better so I'm not deceived anymore? See, that's the mark of a true Christian. And she died three months later. She, she, she spent her last three months in Christ, maybe five. I don't know when she got saved to lay in her bed, but the last several months of her life were her best because she knew the Lord. Uh I, I, that that's a really good point there. But and uh, another thing though, before you know we proceed with the the the, the final questions, I want to ask you your thoughts on creation. You're a young Earth uh, or or evolutionist, old Earth. What's your what's your perspective on it? And that's what I believe. I believe that uh, the Earth is maybe seven or eight eight thousand years old. And for day, the word young for day can be mean an age or a day, but every time that it's tied to a primary cardinal number, like first, second, third, in Hebrew literature, in and out of the Bible, it means regular 24-hour day. Moses knew what he was writing, and there's no reason that God needs even six days to create everything, but that's what we read in the Bible. And I don't believe that there's a gap in time between the first and second chapters of Genesis, I think there via Hebrew uh, literature where there are simply different perspectives on the creation story, emphasizing different things, but they're not talking about a gap between them. And uh, you in, initially, right, that you believe the scriptures, that's why you hold this point of view, right? That you uh, you presuppose the God, the God's word. And uh, before any like scientific conclusion made by evolutionist atheist scientists, because oh. the mark of a Christian is he wants to know what the Bible says because he knows that's the word of God, and he will submit himself to what he knows of it. Not perfectly. I don't do it perfectly. Sin is still a problem in my life. So, you know, he says he was about sin. He's a liar, and the truth is not in him. So. We got to be careful there that we don't make a God out of our sin, but that we don't take it lightly, but that we don't say we don't have it. And uh, okay, then uh, Stuart, just one last question, you know, before we end this podcast, and it's been an awesome uh, interviewing you and trying to understand uh, how you view all, all these things, you know, in your worldview. So, uh, how would you know if I were, let's say, if I were someone who, or someone there in the audience is listening, right, is really interested in the truth that you are sharing with us today? Like, um, how, what, what would be the nutshell of the, the, you know, the gospel message that you that you can tell them, and maybe you know, like what and maybe what what would be the essential things that they need to know in order to be able to prepare themselves to receive Christ's uh, salvation? I would say that man can do nothing to prepare himself, but the only thing man can do is to believe on Christ Jesus because you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you are born from above. And the spirit goes like the wind. You can't determine where it goes. You can sometimes detect where it's going. can't control it. But you must believe this, that there is a God who rules the universe, created all things that will judge all people. And there will come a day when the creator, who is Christ Jesus, is going to return. He's going to judge the nations. And if you do not have peace with God by faith in Christ... If you do not believe on him, when he comes back, there is no chance for repentance and faith. There is only seriously look to Christ and believe. Ask him, cry out to him for mercy. Ask him for faith that you might be saved. 
Awesome, man. And uh, uh, Stuart, it's been awesome talking to you. And uh, hopefully that I know someone out there is, will be blessed by your uh, your uh, this interview. And is there anything that uh, you would like to pro- promote here? You know, I'd like to share maybe uh, your YouTube channel, your ministry. Well, I uh, I've written one book called Captive to the Word of God, and it's a four-part look at Baptist history, beliefs, and practice. And uh, I have edited and updated eight books from uh, the 16th and 17th centuries and published them on different topics, history, uh, theology. Um, A short one I just got published was a collection of three authors' booklets on baptism and Babylon. Uh, Babylon by Hansard Nollies. And then uh, I've worked up a study through Isaiah that I'm having one other preacher review for me, and I plan to publish that next month and make that available inexpensively. So I preach and teach occasionally, and I just love helping people understand things better because it helps me understand what I'm studying a whole lot better when I have to stand before God's people and tell them this is what the Bible says. And so um, we have to love one another because God loved us in Christ before we ever loved him. And that's a mark that we are in Christ is we have love for the brothers. So if you're in Christ, you must love one another. And you, you can't love one another unless you're in fellowship with one another. That's where you rub up against one people that you have disagreements with and you love them in spite of having disagreements. That is peace Christ gives. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, guys, check out Stuart's book. And, yeah, man, I just I love talking to you. And hopefully, you know, I can get, have you on the show someday again. Maybe have a discussion with, with uh, someone with a different point of view from you. And uh, hope you have a great day, Stuart. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you much. I've enjoyed talking with you, Elmo. Have a really good day. All right. May God bless you. Um, God bless you too, bro. So that's the end of it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr. And thank you for listening in. And please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. Are you in excruciating pain brought on by your son, daughter, or spouse suffering from addiction? You are not alone. If you call Recovery Centers of America today at 1-888-RECOVERY, your whole family can begin to recover. At Recovery Centers of America at Capital Region and Bracebridge Hall, your loved one will be treated with care by expert addiction professionals, while family programming will give you support and healing so that you can recover as well. RCA accepts insurance, provides transportation, and offers intervention services. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now gearheads know that some projects need so many parts it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them that's what ebay motors 122 million parts are for think of it as your virtual parts garage they've always got the right fitment at the right prices use the ebay motors app or visit ebaymotors.com let's ride